Right, we're now being recorded, so don't say anything stupid. Villa fans are all f- Hello and welcome to the Foxes Never Quit podcast. This is a fan-run podcast about Leicester City Football Club. You can find us on Acast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podcaster, Samsung Podcasts, Deezer and GeoSarvan. Not sure what GeoSarvan is, but we are on it. And of course, you can find all of our things at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash lcfc and reddit.com forward slash r forward slash lcfc women. Hello and welcome to our second episode this week of Foxes Never Quit Talking. I'm here again with our regular co-host Madlock. Hello there. And our guest Happy Less. How's it going? Going better than yesterday because today... We're going to talk about the Women's Super League, which kicks off this weekend. We've finished our pre-season, feels like a week and a bit ago now. And, well, we've had a fairly decent pre-season, I think. Yeah, it's it's looking good. We we, we didn't win the uh, the King Power derby, though, which is always a bit of a shame. But um... Well, that was our first match of pre-season, you know, the to first fair, match of and also, you know, OH Leuven, they finished second in the Belgian equivalent of the Super League. So it's not like we had an easy opponent there. No, it's a very strong side over there, isn't it? A lot of good experience in that side. But yeah, there's some convincing wins, you know, Southampton, Reading. Reading was a big one because Reading will likely be one of our key rivals for survival this season. So that bodes well. Reading finished sort of lower mid-table, I'd say, in the Super League last season, right? But the fact that we beat them 3-1 in pre-season, a team who, I think Reading, I think it's safe to say, will be safe from relegation. They're not going to be in a relegation scrap. We showed we can beat them. Brighton finished one place ahead of them. We lost 2-1 at home. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to find highlights of these matches. Unfortunately, the coverage for women's football is still a long way behind the men's, especially once you step out of, you know women's super league and internationals but just looking at the stats you know the, that win over reading and a 2-1 loss to brighton which was according to the match report you know not an embarrassing loss seems pretty good brighton i would actually say are one of the stronger sides that uh, they were contesting for european positions within the super they were, uh, yeah. the super league for quite a long time brighton are definitely one of the strong um out of the Outside of the top six sides, uh, and plus West Ham, you know, Brighton is definitely one of the strongest super super league sides. So yeah, that's not that's not a loss. And I think one of the big things is also we're scoring a lot of goals. We only scored fourteen last year. Um, we were the lowest for scoring goals. Um, part of it was you know playing Flint out of position, in my opinion, and missing Kane on the wing. But um, yeah, uh, we shipped a lot of goals. We had the, the highest goal difference of negative thirty nine. Um, we just won a couple of the critical games and the critical game we really won was the one over Birmingham City but it was very close so we only got through by two points so it's going to be a tough season and uh, we're going to be having Liverpool introduced to the Super League so it's going to be us, Everton, Villa, Reading and potentially Liverpool who are going to be duking it out for you know to avoid relegation it's going to be a quite a tough season So you think our aim this season is a second season of try and avoid relegation right? Yeah, I do think survival be it. Survival in the women's super league is, um, you know, the equivalent. Of, um, their equivalent of forty points is twelve. Uh, no team has been relegated with um, more than twelve points, so that is four wins. It is, 
you know, women's football is incredibly top heavy. I think that's changing radically. And I think with a yeah. lot of the signings we've done uh, have been really good. We've brought in a lot of solid uh, experience, international experience as well with uh, CJ Bott. She won, you got the score the winning goal for New Zealand against Mexico. Women, um, Aaron Simon brings some experience from American women's football. So, like you know, American women's football is miles ahead in terms of grassroots and infrastructure. Um, it's different to how we obviously organise it here, but you know, there, there's a lot of infrastructure there, and so a lot of women. I mean, obviously, the women's football team in America is obviously quite impressive. They are two times World Cup winners. I, I, I just, it's a happy death, potentially. <laughs> um, if it's not two it's three i know and like you say it's like they're polar opposite from the men's here you know it's men's soccer men's here i just went and said soccer um men's football here is one of the lower sports um there's a decent youth infrastructure but the women's football has one of the best infrastructures because it's on the level with the men's so for women's sports here that's very high up they get a good amount of money to be able to look at stuff it's one of the sports that gets a lot of scholarships here with college so it's a way for you know athletes to to get to school and and get out so i think that's one of the reasons why you see it so much higher than other countries by the way i have just checked and you're both wrong about how many times the usa have won the world cup is it four it's four wow yeah so i knew it's so yeah, it's a they're, I mean, they're prolific in, in the women's game is prolific in the states, you know, and like, like as we were saying, the infrastructure is there. But obviously, we bring Erin Smith, who's a veteran with um, the National Women's Soccer League outfit, racing Louisville, um, which is still great experience. You know, like I said, I would say the National Women's uh, Soccer League is definitely, whilst the Women's Super League is definitely catching up quite quickly, it's a far more mature league, and there's definitely a depth of talent it'll be interesting to see i find with particularly the american game of um you know it was called soccer for the sake of it you know american soccer is very running focused i find um i think the seller would do very well with american players because a lot of focus on uh, running distance as opposed to you know where on the continent is quite technical and here and on the british isles we tend to be a bit more physical it's you know very you know very um athletic driven um in in the states and i wonder if she'll bring that um but yeah a lot of really good solid signings erin simon like i said uh aileen whalen um brings in she's from brighton she brings in that kind of uh, experience in the midfield which we desperately need i think under jonathan morgan we really suffered with midfield i mean we got natasha flint who is just a natural goal scorer and has many accolades uh, in the sort of sense that Vardy does of first goal scored at King Power for for us and uh, in the women's game. And she's just, yeah, prolific scorer, but then she's been forced into midfield and a lot of it was kind of sitting back, well-organized defenses and relying on a counter-attack. But yeah, having Aileen Wainers there, we've got another Welsh international in Jose uh, Green, Carrie Jones, both from, uh, you know, one from Spurs, one from Manchester United. And then obviously, like I said, CJ Bar, uh New Zealand international who'd been playing in the first division in Norway, which actually is quite a considerable women's football presence um yeah so they're quite a strong side or strong signings i should say and and it's you know it's looking exciting i think L- lydia bedford has given herself a really solid team where we had quite a young team last season we'll now be bringing in a lot of that and hopefully that comes off but we'll have to see yeah so it's 
unlike the men's team, we've we've made some good moves in the transfer market by the looks of it. The women's transfer market's very different to the men's, right? But yeah, we've brought in some great experience. And you've also written here that we've got some good upcoming talent. Yeah, so we've put a lot of money into the academy, as I've probably banged on before when we talked about the women's team. Um, they won the Academy Shield, the FA Academy Shield for women, uh, against Arsenal. Now, obviously, Arsenal is a seasoned, you know, well-oiled machine in terms of, you know, the women's game. Um, to be fair, you know, they are a big club as much as I don't like them, but, um, you know, for the women's game, they're prolific. And so for us, for our team to beat them comfortably was impressive, and we've got a couple of talents. And so one of the talents that's coming up is Ava Baker. Uh, she's, um, if I remember rightly... Um, a midfielder who, yeah, like I said, looks really promising for us. Um, and hopefully she, she'll get in. And if, once she shows a route, we'll hopefully start developing a similar model to the men's team where those who are talented enough will come in. And, you know, you talk about the transfer market for women. There's not a plethora of clubs to draw on. There isn't, you know, huge markets for women footballers, particularly professional women footballers. So if we're producing our own, if we're not, you know bringing them in we're definitely going to um be producing it and if, if they don't make it into a team we'll definitely have a market i think as the women's game grows this will put us in a good position going forward yeah i think it's an advantage of being able to get in relatively early to be able to build that up and get higher on the level with developing the youth uh, it's something that you notice over here a lot knowing that drawing from mls a little bit but the teams that did well to build their development early are showing a lot more now as far as getting their younger kids in and it's the same with the nwsl as well the teams you know they they work harder to build their academies up and it makes a big difference so the fact that we're you know women's football still pretty young it's a real chance to get higher up quickly you know maybe be a part of something and and build bigger and of course, we have also been making some really good improvements by the looks of it in the backroom staff. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not the closest follower of women's football. I do try and watch as many games as I can. But there's names I've heard of uh, in here. Do you guys know? So we've got a new director. We've got a new director of football for the women's and the girls' team. And we've got a new technical coach. So who do we want to start with? I, I think the obvious big one would be Emil Heskey. Um, it's interesting to see, so he obviously is a prolific part of the women's team, but now he's a technical coach that sits between the two teams, uh, both the men's and the women's, which is interesting. So very much a big big character in the back room for, for both teams now, and I, I'm quite curious. I'd be more interested in the detail around that, but yeah, he's sort of stepping away from being more managerial, and, beca and I think that's where he'd be better, is that technical coach for these oh, yes. teams. Absolutely, I, especially for the strikers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm such a, I was such a fan of Emil Heskey as a kid and heartbroken when he moved to Liverpool. Um, he was... I've seen a really good article about him saying he was a striker that was a long way ahead of his time in his way. Because I know there were jokes about even Heskey scored, right? And how he was a striker who didn't score. But he was very much an enabler of the others around him. Yeah, he, he he played off people well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, in a way that wasn't fashionable at the time. At the time, it was meant to be, you know, if you're a striker, you're meant to score goals, and who cares about anyone else? But he realised that it's a team game, and I think it's one of those things, if he were born, like, even 10 years later, he would be considered a lot more highly, I think, by the general public. Although, for me, he'll always be a legend. 
Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant, brilliant football. And I said he's been immense for, for the women's game and uh, he's a big yeah. character. I also, he needs to thoroughly replace Robbie Savage as the go-to pundit for BT Sports. If I see Robbie Savage one more time, I may become savage myself, but well, that's a different yeah, conversation yeah. for a different day. We also have a new director of football, Willie Kirk. What do we know about Willie Kirk? Willie Kirk, he is um, Scottish. Uh, he was uh, in 2013 nominated. To, he's prolific in Scottish women's football. Um, he was the manager of the year for 2013 for women's football up uh, north of the border. And he um, he he was at Everton, so he's got a lot of exposure to you know he's Everton. He was part of the coaching staff at Man United. He's been at Bristol City, who have been fairly high. They've kind of sort of hovered between the two leagues at the time. But yeah, he was uh, did really well at Hiberian, won cups. Now he's come in as a you know uh, director of football, uh, hopefully to kind of just bring in that um, sort of real mature infrastructure where I think that was being filled in by the manager and Emil Heskey and a couple others. And he's now being accompanied by uh, Lisa, Lisa Pierce, who is a just as another director to help with that kind of admin. And she was being really good for women's basketball in Britain and. Uh, really pushed that forward and now is going to bring those talents over to us. Um, I'll be curious if she had anything to do with the Leicester uh, Riders. Is it Riders? Yeah, yep. Leicester Riders are the basketball team. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't know for a fact. I'm, I'm speculating that point, but yeah, so she was she was quite involved with that. Um, but yeah, it shows that we're obviously adding infrastructure. They've got their own sort of space. The Academy's producing talent. It, it looks like the way up and like I said, as long as I think survival will be the name of the game, but I'm hoping that we can not just be above the waterline, but hopefully comfortably above it and start encroaching on the mid-table, if not top positions. But it's a long way to go yet, I think. Yeah, I think my hope for the year, more than my expectation for the year, is that we survive comfortably. So yeah, we might be near the bottom end of the table, sure. But so long as we're not constantly going into every week going we need this or we could get relegated we need this we could get relegated as long as it's kind of yeah we're going to be fine this season we're not going into the championship next season I think we've had that's an improvement of last year that's a fairly incremental improvement from last year as well I think yeah I think the goal will be at least 15 uh, 15 points 15 points will get you comfortably at the the bottom half of the table Um, but like Mm. I said the the drop off in in, uh, the the difference between the top of the table and the bottom of the table is massive in women's super league but with those kind of senior signings and we've garnered a lot of experience and there's a lot of young talent in Molly Pike and couple others who hopefully we can really leverage and they can learn from and we can get a good mixture of team Lydia Bedford seems to really turn the team around um I think where Morgan was running out of ideas at the beginning of the season <laughs> uh yeah sounds yeah. like a similar theme to the men's this year but uh this season I should say and with uh Jonathan Morgan it was different you know he's fundamentally a volunteer coach originally he never started it thinking he was gonna hit well maybe he did but I don't think anyone really believed he'd take the team from where he started with them, which I think he saw them in like the fourth or fifth tier of English football. I, I actually pulled it up. He it was 2014 when he took charge of the senior team. They were in the FA Women's Midlands Division One. Yeah, they were in yeah. regional football. Yeah, and then pushed all the way up and took them to the Super League. You know, it's got to be said. Yeah, he ran out of steam at that point, but the journey he took us on was incredible. Yeah, unfortunately, I think he is just once he started mixing with those elite coaches, that's the point where he, he hit his level. I should mm-hmm. check, what's he actually doing now? 
he's managing Burnley, and I think they're doing. They 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 look like they're set to do well. But I think with with Morgan, weirdly enough, I think what actually sullied him was the fact that when he got promoted, so he had a lot of the same team for a very long time. But when they went to Super League, I mean, they had a massive reshuffle of the squad, and mm. you had a working formula, and then suddenly he just kind of broke it but i mean not the signings were bad but it did pro- i think it shook the team a little bit too much realistically that was my sort of evaluation of the end of his reign that he i think tried to play football yeah. manager a little bit too much with the the additional funds he was given and i can see maybe what he did but i think he would have been better off actually keeping a lot of the core of the team which um he then moved on and ironically i think devlin was one of the signings we let go and i think she did quite good i think she inevitably ended up scoring against us uh, when we played villa yeah i seem to remember she did also god bless jonathan morgan i think he's on child number five wow <laughs> yeah it is he, he yeah very happy marriage yeah well, let, <laughs> let's pull us a little bit back on topic our first game of the women's super league season is on sunday the 11th where we will be playing against everton uh, Everton are, of course, one of our rivals for survival. It looks like the match is at 2 p.m. and you'll be able to watch it on FA Player, I believe. That's right. Yeah, it should be on the FA Player. It's not been selected for television. Um, I don't think anything's been selected to go on, at least in the UK, onto Sky. But yeah, internationally, you can watch it on FA Player if it's not being broadcast in your country. Yeah, and like I said, Everton will definitely be a rival. They they had a bit of a turn. I think they went to two or three managers last season, if I remember off the, rightly off the top of my head. Um, really suffered, really punching blood away. A um, lot of good talent on that team. Just it won't be like I said. I don't think any of these matches will be easy. So it's a bit of a cliche to say, but I don't think it'll be an easy match. Of course, but but also, yeah, no match is easy at this level, is it? Absolutely not. Um, I'm also from an injury point of view. So Plumter pulled out of the Nigerian squad. She's she seems to have been suffering with some sort of niggling um, injury for a while now, and has had. This, I think this is the second time she's pulled out of uh, the international camp. I'm curious, and she's been obviously Leicester born and raised. You know, her father brought her in. She she plays well internationally for Nigeria. She played in Canada. I think there's another podcast in which um, I believe her name's Hannah. She she met her briefly, but yeah, really really solid uh, defender, key part of our defense, and hopefully she will be fighting fit for us this season because I think she'll be quite critical. She she's sort of a Dewsbury Hall for the women's team. <laughs> well, that that can only be a good omen. I can say, you know, we do have the advantage of Willie Kirk was actually their first head coach last season that got uh, sacked. So, Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, saw that he, I saw he took them to an FA Cup final in 2020. I am looking. Oh, oh, apparently they have played some friendlies. We should really do more research on this in advance, I know. But it's also very not easy to... You do have to dig up. And I think we said this last time we talked about women's yeah. football. It, for whatever reason, it gets really secret scroll when it comes to preseason. It's all closed doors, yeah. maybe the odd paragraph. I don't know if it's just lack of effort. I don't know if there's weird legal reasons to not do it. I I don't know. It's very strange. I hope that um, in future seasons, LCFC TV covers the game. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, LCFC TV shows preseason games like they do the men's. I don't think it would take that much effort, and I think it'd be good for more junior staff to, to work on. Their last friendly was a 1-0 loss to Manchester United. It's not the worst, most embarrassing no, team to lose to. No, they're no. very strong side. I mean, them, Arsenal, Chelsea, uh, Spurs, um, they're all the big... And to be fair, even West Ham, you know, they're all the big hitters in the women's game, so... That's nothing to stick your nose up at. 
But do, do we think we know enough to predict a result here? We are away, which I don't know how much of an effect that has. I imagine that has some more effect on the women's game than the men's, with them not having as good conditions for travelling and stuff like that. I don't know. It's interesting with the games that we've been playing from the reports that I read. Uh, Tierney. So Tierney, just to add context, if you're not familiar, is a fullback. She's. I think she was our top scorer this preseason. So it's interesting to see. You know, I don't really have more details on what happened there, but it's interesting to know that a fullback is one of, if not a high score, one of the highest scorers we've got going. Um, bit of a strange one, but yeah, she's our. Just trying to remember. Uh, number three, yeah, so yeah, our, our left back, uh, very good player, um, not mm. got called up to the England squad yet, which I think is a bit of a shame, but very versatile defender, seems to get the goals. We've sure that, you know, a lot of our signings were defenders as well. I think Lydia Bedford, now, so obviously she's done quite well. Um, she was part of the England women's uh, managerial team yeah. and obviously took this as an opportunity. And I think she's looking to shore up our defence. So I suspect we'll be playing a lot of. A solid defense, maybe a three at the back, and relying on wing backs to give us width because we don't really have a lot of wingers. We've got, you know, Kane, uh, Paul uh, Sigworth is quite good, but uh, Go- uh, Goodwin is also pretty good as well. But yeah, it looks like we'll be relying on, you know, we've got more defenders than anyone that would be really relying on that. Interestingly, we only got two goalkeepers. I'm surprised we didn't sign a third. Yeah, especially after we had injury issues last year. Yeah, um, level level's very good. I I I think level is an incredible goalkeeper for this for this level. I think it was a shame that she didn't get kind of a nod from the England squad, but it's a it's a tough squad to get into, so we'll have to see. Oh uh, yeah, I mean they did quite well at the Euros, didn't they? They did all right. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. We did sign a youth uh, goalkeeper from Man, Man City. Uh, maybe they've just not posted it on the website. I might have missed that, so that might be... Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, Lavelle has represented England at age group level, but... Yeah, not on the senior, yeah. Let's push you for score predictions for against Everton on Sunday. I should keep track of these and find out how accurate we've been. I think we've been really inaccurate so far. We have. I've been woefully inaccurate. We've we've been extremely um, optimistic, let's say. Unfortunately, yes. Um, I guess for me, I don't really know. I feel, I think, I think we we could nick it. I'm going to say one nil to us. You think one nil to us? Happy death. Do you want to have a guess? I'll say two one us if he's going to say one nil. All right, I'm going to try and game the system because all my predictions have come badly wrong. So I'm going to predict 1-0 to Everton. See what I'm doing there? See what I'm doing there? You just did prices right, me. That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, because now all my predictions are coming wrong. Ah, ah. Also... Two two on that universe. (laughs) Also, if you're right, you're right. And if you're wrong, we win. So... Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) When did this show suddenly get hosted by Bruce Forsyth? Um... (laughs) Didn't I tell you to tell you, didn't I? Um, (laughs) Very good. So with that, I think we can move on from that episode. Just to recap, just to recap, the WSL season starts for us on Sunday, 2 o'clock, away at Everton. You can watch it on FA Player. I intend to. And 
hopefully we will have a great season there. Thank you all, and see you again tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Have a great one. Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Find this license at creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by spelled by forward slash 4.0. Today's creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0. It also uses Riptide by Kevin McLeod. You can find that at incompetech.com. It's licensed under a Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. I heard that URL earlier also uses Elf Meditation, also by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. That music is licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license.